0: I am Pendarius, a scholar of Thera. My name is Sorin. I hit people. A tablet I translated could hold the key to stopping a demonic apocalypse at sundown. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Many will try to stop me from unlocking its secrets. Huh. Oh, they'll try. This would be my first adventure with Soren. Let's go! As the avatar of green eyes. Welcome to a scholar's journey. How is the connection between Kirin and Magus formed? The secret to binding the soul of a Magus to a Kirin is kept from students and outsiders by the senior magi of the Pentacle. It is only revealed to their pupils when the students are deemed ready through vigorous testing. The binding is dangerous, and if it fails, the magus life is snuffed out. However, once made, the bond is unbreakable, except by the most potent of magic or the absolute finality. Death. The city's streets were not yet crowded as Pandarius made his way nonchalantly toward Ed's tower. Still feeling the deficit of sleep, he looked to the sky. <gasps> oh. <clears throat> Stupid bird. Two-story buildings lined the pristine white stone road. The first story of each of the buildings hosted awnings and trade stalls. And the second story held living quarters for merchants and their families. Some of the buildings were made of the same white stone as the road, while others were a mishmash of materials. Ranging from wood to multicolored stones. During this time of day, the trade district of Deil was beginning to open. Many shop owners were outside their stalls, sweeping dust and the like from their porches, preparing their wares for purchase, and setting out goods for hawking. Some organized their merchandise and then went back and did the same again to get it all just right. The area was bustling in the morning with laughter and cries of good cheer at the new day. Wares of all kinds dotted the side areas of the market, exotic spices, weapons, ornaments, and jewelry, pastry, and meats. The sweet aroma of baking bread and the sharp odors of spices filled the air. The market district was close to the scar, which was why Pendarius was to meet Gale nearby at Ed's. Etapegus Doromingus Ap Magus was the mutual acquaintance who had put Pendarius in touch with Isaiah hellcroft and his assistant Gale, On account of Pendarius's particular field of expertise. Pendarius smiled as he munched the last of his biscuit and tramped down the smooth white road. Had he looked behind him and observed closely, he might have spotted the two hooded figures following him at a distance, and his demeanor might have been different. Light from the dual suns poured into one of the armor shops as Pendarius passed, and it reflected off a shield into his eyes, causing the scholar to raise his hands to block the glare. One of the shop owners waved Pendarius over to try to sell him some of his inventory, but Pendarius gestured him away and kept walking. Finally, Pendarius spotted the tower that was his destination. It was down one of the side alleyways, marked as Fenrin Lane, with an elegant purple and gold-etched sign. The alleyway was an abrupt change from the bustling street behind him. It was a strange experience. One moment, there was a broad street and a growing crowd. And now, there was a tight fit with barely anyone walking along the ornamented lanes. On both sides, miniature yards marked this as a residential sector. The building style also changed. There were twisted minarets, circular spiraling towers, large trees that had been hollowed out and turned into homes. This was the Magic Quarter, where the Magi made their homes. Eccentricities aside, the people who lived there were typically decent folk. Finally, he arrived at his destination. At least, he thought it might be his destination. One could never tell with magic users. This was the location, but Ed's house changed so often from multiple renovations, both magical and physical, that he had a hard time telling for certain. From top to bottom, the small tower was a thing of absolute chaos. The last time Pandarius had been here, Ed had expected him to enter through the roof, since that was where the door had been placed, but there was no discernible way up to it. The tower was not straight. Instead, it zigzagged upwards at odd angles that would have made any architect scratch his or her head as to how the building was still standing. The artistic choices were also radical. The tower was made of gray stone, but had a toxic-looking yellow-painted roof Written on the outer gate was an address etched in gold, 6246. Regardless of Pandarius' feelings about Ed's architectural tastes, he was a kind and honest person. And that made him alright, in the scholar's book. Pandarius walked in through the burnished copper gate and made his way down the stone path. He knocked on the round wooden door waited. Ed opened the door, in all his stumpy glory. Dressed to the nines in elaborate pink pajamas, he waved his short arms in defiance of Pendarius's early arrival, and then quickly hid his teddy bear behind his back. What are you doing here so late? I mean early. I mean late. You know what I mean. His long pointed white beard almost touched the ground. And he nearly tripped over it before deciding to throw it over his shoulder to keep it out of his way. Pandarius was finding it hard to stifle chuckles at the ridiculous sight of Ed in his pajamas. Eventually, he could not hold it in anymore and laughed until tears ran down his cheeks. (laughs) You wear that? The smaller figure pouted and Pendarius responded by wiping away the tears on his cheeks and doing his best to contain his remaining laughter. Hm. It is of no concern to you, Mr. Grayson, what I wear to bed. Ed's squinty face went beet red. He straightened out his nightcap with its puffy, fuzzy little ball on the end and shifted his pajamas as he straightened his back trying to look serious a difficult feat in such an outfit I'm here to meet with Gale Southtail and a communication from you told me to be here just after sunrise I believe your words were do not gaggle about or something like that the friendly teasing escaped Ed I appreciate your professionalism must get dressed without all this prattle. Gail should be here soon. When she does arrive, please let her in. Ed hurried up a set of stairs at the back of the tower that led up into his living quarters. Wait here in the uh, atrium thingy. <sighs> atrium. Pandarius said it low enough that Ed could not hear the correction and smiled to himself warmly. The first floor of Ed's tower was a mess. The atrium was shaped like a large pentagon, with shelves lining every wall, so stuffed with books that they were falling out into the floor. Even more books were stacked in disorganized piles. Some of them had been turned into improvised desks, though the term desk would be used Loosely, many had bookmarks poking out from between their pages for later reading. Loose pages were scattered across the room and seemed to move about at will. In one corner, an odd-looking fireplace was aglow with burning logs. The entire space was covered in a visible layer of dust and the stale smell of moldy paper pervaded throughout. Moments later, Ed came stumbling back down the staircase. He was now fully dressed in a blue robe that looked no less ridiculous, with a pattern of half-moon stars and teddy bears. The robe looked remarkably akin to his pajamas, but Pandarius said nothing. Ed's hair was combed straight, and his beard was tied with a pink ribbon. At the bottom, a knock sounded at the front door. Pen, would you answer that? Pendarius went to the door and opened it. On the other side was Gale Southtail. She was wearing the brown robes of the Hellcriff excavation crew. As she walked through the door, Pendarius noticed something different about her from the last time they had met. Gale laid her hand softly on Pendarius's shoulder as she passed, and Pendarius narrowed his eyes and scrutinized her. At just a glance, the scholar knew something was intrinsically wrong. She looked like the same Gale he knew, but she was different, in some subtle way. Her appearance was familiar, but her demeanor seemed… strange. She seemed more confident. It was hard for him to put his finger on why, but it seemed almost audible. He thought he saw the faintest outline of white on her shoulders, a silhouette of some kind, as a side effect of his heritage, of any person born of Magi. Pandarius was able to see the energy residue of contracts made with magical entities such as Kieran, Gale turned swiftly toward Pandarius. Do you have the translations for me, Mr. Grayson? Pandarius was sure of it now. The last time they had met, Gale had been energetic and slightly skittish. And now her demeanor was calmer and far more direct than before yes ma'am i do it is as accurate as i could make it one moment he kept his eyes locked on the researcher while he began digging around in his bag for the tracing and his notes he pulled them from the sheaf and held them out to her warily The demon found now stands in front of the scholar. But what connection does she have to the information he holds? And don't forget, there are assassins hot on his heels in the next episode of A Scholar's Journey. This episode featured the voice talents of Eric Erickson Brickle as the narrator and Pandarius Grayson, Stephen Daniel Moore as Soren Luna Mortalitas, Stephen Nagel as the intro narrator, Hunter S. Henderson as Ed, and Lana Emmerich as Gale Southtail. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of A Scholar's Journey.